This is the World in Brief from the Economist. Our top stories. America's House of Representatives passed a deal to suspend the country's debt ceiling and avoid a sovereign default. More Democrats supported the bill than Republicans who wanted deeper spending cuts. Still, Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who negotiated the deal with President Joe Biden, persuaded 149 of his party's 220 House members to vote it through. The deal will now go before the Senate. German inflation fell sharply in May. Prices rose by 6.3% in the last 12 months, down from 7.6% a month earlier, measured by the Harmonized Index of Consumer Prices, which is comparable across countries. On the same measure, inflation in France, the eurozone's second-largest economy, also slowed to 6%, its lowest level in a year. Economists had predicted 6.4%. Germany announced it would force Russia to close four of its consulates by the end of the year by revoking their licenses. The decision is retaliatory. Last week, Russia limited the number of German officials allowed to work there to 350, which will require Germany to shut several of its own consulates. A German spokesperson said the Russian move was a, quote, step of escalation. Chinese factory output contracted in May compared with the previous month, raising fears over the country's stalling economic recovery. The National Bureau of Statistics reported that its Purchasing Managers Index for Manufacturing fell to 48.8. A figure below 50 implies contraction. The reading for China's non-manufacturing PMI, which covers construction and services, fared better at 54.5. At least five people were killed and 19 were wounded by shelling in Luhansk, a Russian-controlled region in eastern Ukraine. Russia blamed Ukraine for the attack. The governor of Krasnodar, a region in southern Russia, also said Ukrainian drones had caused a fire at a Russian oil refinery. On Tuesday, Vladimir Putin vowed to improve air defenses around Moscow after the capital was hit by a drone attack. The Sudanese army pulled out of ceasefire talks with the Rapid Support Forces in the Saudi city of Jeddah. The army blamed the paramilitary group's, quote, repeated violations of two short-term ceasefires that had been successfully negotiated between the two warring factions. Now in its sixth week, the conflict in Sudan has displaced 1.4 million internally. A further 350,000 people have fled abroad. Kosovo's sporting authorities denounced Novak Djokovic, a Serbian tennis star, for stirring political unrest. After winning a match at the French Open, Mr. Djokovic spoke out in favor of Kosovo's Serbian minority population after violent clashes broke out with NATO peacekeepers over disputed elections. The Kosovo Tennis Federation said it planned to ask other tennis bodies to fine Mr. Djokovic. And figure of the day, 124, the number of countries and territories that recorded fertility rates below 2.1, the figure needed to keep a population stable over time in 2021. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Bringing down Eurozone Inflation In April, headline inflation in the Eurozone ticked up slightly, from 6.9% in March to 7.0%. That was well below the peak in October, when inflation hit 10.6%. Still, the rise signaled that the way down to the European Central Bank's inflation target of 2% was going to be slower than hoped. 
The release of May's inflation data on Thursday will show whether the pace has accelerated over the past few weeks. There is some hope. On Tuesday, it emerged that Spanish inflation fell to 2.9%, within hitting distance of the ECB's target. Figures from France and Germany, released on Wednesday, were also positive. Yet Spain's core inflation, which strips out volatile energy and food prices, fell by just 0.5% to an uncomfortably high 6.1%, and Dutch wages rose by a chunky 5.7% in April, compared with a year earlier. Eurozone inflation could remain stubbornly elevated for a while yet. The European Political Community Meets Nearly 50 European leaders will meet near Chisinau, Moldova's capital, on Thursday for the second meeting of the European Political Community, the brainchild of France's President Emmanuel Macron. The EPC was launched last October. Skeptics assumed it was a French ploy to block enlargement of the European Union, but Mr. Macron argued that the club provided a way to display European unity beyond the EU's 27 members and to discuss collective security. Attendees include Britain and Ukraine, though Turkey's president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, pulled out. On Wednesday, Mr. Macron gave a speech in Slovakia in which he said that EU enlargement should take place, the faster the better and called for a path towards NATO membership for Ukraine. And for once, he mostly avoided the term strategic autonomy, a call for Europe to defend itself rather than relying on America, that irks many fellow Europeans. The symbolism of unity will be strong at the EPC summit, which takes place just 21 kilometers from Moldova's border, with war-battered Ukraine. Lululemon's Alluring Figures Lululemon, a Canadian purveyor of yoga gear, will report its first quarter results on Thursday. The company's sales rocketed during the pandemic when locked-down office workers swapped slacks for stretch wear. Sales roughly doubled between the final quarters of 2019 and 2022. Analysts expect 19% year-on-year sales growth for the most recent quarter. Slower, but still rosy, given the sluggishness and discretionary spending in America, the company's biggest market. Analysts also expect gross profits to have grown faster than sales, which would imply the firm has resisted boosting revenue figures by cutting prices. Lululemon's success has attracted plenty of competition, Besides sportswear giants like Nike, the firm is also battering newcomers such as Alo Yoga, a favorite with Gen Z. Still, that has not yet cramped Lululemon's growth, even as other pandemic darlings have faded. The company's continued success is thanks in part to its forays into other areas of casual attire. Its ABC, anti-ball-crushing men's trousers, have been a particular hit. E-scooter bans are spreading. On Thursday, several rail companies in London and southeast England will start banning electric scooters from their trains. 
The measure is a response to concerns about fire risk from the lithium-ion batteries that power the vehicles. It is the latest example of growing resistance to e-scooters, often touted as an efficient, pollution-free way to move around cities. Recent months have seen other bans on the devices from rail operators across Britain. In April, after a string of accidents, Parisians voted to forbid the use of rental e-scooters. Critics of the vehicles argue that shared e-scooter schemes, which allow users to hop on and off devices spread around a city center, are a hazard. Users leave the bulky scooters on pavements, where they are often damaged. That increases the risk of battery fires. Still, as cities race to deal with air pollution and other climate challenges, clean mobility remains an appealing idea. For e-scooters to become a sustainable solution, however, careful management may be required. A Biennale to Save Venice Venice's first sustainability biennale, which begins on Thursday, focuses on the city's mobile sea barrier, the world's largest. Called Mose, an allusion to the biblical Moses, the system features 78 massive floodgates that periodically rise from underwater to block high tides that would otherwise flood Venice and its lagoon. It cost 5.5 billion euros to build and began operating last year. But sea levels are rising faster than once forecast, and Mose will not be able to protect Venice forever. The Biennale's exhibitions and events will explore options for when it can no longer cope. That prospect is still distant. Nevertheless, the Sustainability Biennale seeks to concentrate minds. One relatively inexpensive solution, mooted by hydraulic engineers, is to pump seawater deep underground at high enough pressure to lift Venice, over a decade, by 25 centimeters, and maybe a bit more. The proposal spooks some, but it might be better than sealing off the lagoon entirely, or dismantling Venice's treasured buildings for reassembly elsewhere. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown three winners on Saturday. Thursday. Which city in Connacht, in the west of Ireland, is noted for its art festival and folk music? Wednesday. Which 2011 book by Daniel Kahneman outlines the ways that human decision-making can be irrational? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Karl von Clausewitz, who was born on this day in 1780. There are times when the utmost daring is the height of wisdom. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.